All right, well, good morning. We're going to talk today, as the slide says, about faith. We're going to talk about faith today. Over the last couple of weeks, Dusty has um, taught on love, and he's taught on hope. And today we're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about uh, what faith is. We're going to talk about how do I, do I have faith? How do I get faith? Or how do I develop my faith? We're going to look at people in the Bible who used faith in such a way that uh, Jesus actually mentioned their faith. And then we're going to talk about what it looks like for us to use faith in our own lives. So let's start off by going back to our foundational scripture with this. Um, we've read it for the last few weeks, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, that says, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And as Dusty has pointed out over the last few weeks, we know that the word greatest here in its original text actually means first or foundational. It's the foundation. So actually these things are listed in reverse order. Okay, so first you have to have love. That's your foundation. And until you have that and know that and believe it, then you can't progress into hope and then you can't progress into faith. So talking about love, we know that the scripture tells us in 1 John 4 that we can know and believe the love that God has for us. So knowing would be my head knowledge. That means that my mom and dad told me or my Sunday school teacher or my youth pastor or my pastor told me that I was loved by God. But I also have to come to a place where I believe that. Well, how do I know I believe it? You know you believe it when it is literally producing in your life. Okay, so producing in my life looks like this. I know and believe I'm loved by God. And because of that, when someone who is not really lovely or acts in an unloving way comes at me, that I can still respond to them in love. That's love producing in my life. Or let's say that I make some kind of mistake or commit a sin, and instead of letting the enemy beat me up and bring guilt and condemnation and shame to me and tell me you're just a lowly down sinner and you'll never be anything else, I stand up against that and say, no, I am loved by God. Father, forgive me, but I'm just going to move on, and I'm not going to let that beat me up. It's not going to stop me in my tracks. I'm going to keep going. That's love producing in my life. So now I don't only know it, I believe it at the heart level. You know, our heart's our belief system. So now we've moved from just knowing something in head knowledge to actually having it produce out in our life. Once we know and believe that we're loved by God, now we can have hope. See, hope is just expectation. It's being able to see beyond the situation that I'm in. Maybe my situation's good, but I can still see beyond that that it's going to continue to be good and even get better. Maybe my current situation's not great, but I still have hope because I know I'm loved that I can see beyond that to it's going to get better because God has been faithful and will always come through for me. See, it, it's the hope, the expectation I have in that love. I'm secure in that. And once I know and believe I'm loved, and then I have the expectation, now I can see beyond and I'm moving into faith. So today we're going to talk about what does that mean to be in faith. So here are some definitions of faith. The Oxford Dictionary defines faith as complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Notice it's not a little bit of trust, it's complete Complete trust in someone or something. Another definition, being fully persuaded. I like that one, being fully persuaded. Fully persuaded about what? Fully persuaded that God loves me and is going to come through for me every time. Fully persuaded. Not a little bit persuaded or most of the time, but fully 
persuaded. The scripture defines faith for us in Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we see here faith is the substance of what? The things we hope for, our expectations. Okay, it's the evidence of things we can't see yet. Even though we're physically not seeing it, we can believe with our expectation and hope that it's going to turn out for our good because he works all things together for my good, right? See, faith receives the promises God has provided by his grace. So your faith can only receive what God has provided. So let's think about what has God provided. Well, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust." So back at the top of that scripture, it says his divine power has given to us all things, not some, but all things that pertain to life and being godly. So let's think about this. What do I need for life? I need wisdom. I need peace. I need joy. I need provision. I need my needs to be supplied. I need health. I need soundness of mind. All things that pertain to life. God has provided it through His Son, Jesus. And godliness. How do, what do I need for godliness? I need to live righteously and holy. Well, none of those are in my own effort. All of that is, this is what God has provided through the finished work of His Son, Jesus Christ. He has provided all these things. Uh, verse 4 calls them exceedingly great and precious promises that through these promises... I can partake of the divine nature. I can partake of the life of God. That abundant life, that everlasting life that I received at salvation. Remember, it's not something that we only get when we go to heaven. It literally starts the moment we receive Jesus. We start walking in everlasting life because of the promises of God. So see, faith is what reaches out and receives those promises that Jesus has provided by grace, that God provided through Jesus. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen. The word amen means so be it, to the glory of God through us. So yes and amen. If you've ever wondered, I don't really know if that's God's will for me. Well, if it's one of the promises in God's word, then yes, it is God's will. Amen, he says, in him. I love that part, in him. Not because I had to go do something or earn it or work to get it, but because it's my identity in him, my new creation identity. Amen? So faith receives what God's grace has provided, those promises. See, just as we use our physical sense of sight to see things in the natural, faith is the sense that we use to see things in the supernatural. Okay, so my physical eyes can see you sitting in the chairs today, but my faith is what I use to see the things that are not physically here yet. Remember our definition of faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I don't see it yet, but I believe 
because I know and believe that I'm loved. I have an expectation and my eye of faith is looking beyond what it looks like right now to the answer that God will provide because He is faithful and true. I'm looking by the eye of faith. That's a phrasing I've heard people use. Use your eye of faith. Okay, so I don't look at the situation based on what my body or my soul tell me, my body, my five senses, or my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. So whether my body is screaming out with a physical pain or whether my mind is telling me to be afraid or my logic says there's no way this could ever happen or I can't see it with my physical eyes, I humble myself and say, you know what? I'm going to believe God and His Word more than I believe what my body and soul are trying to tell me because it is more real. And it gives birth to the, the supernatural gives birth to the natural. The supernatural was here first. You know, it was here first. And we get, we get real caught up, us as earthly beings, we get really caught up with the, the natural world that we can see. But the supernatural world is so much more powerful. And so if we'll just look beyond what we can see and how we feel about it or what we think about it to I'm just not going to be moved because the promises in God's word are more real. Okay, they're more real. Amen. So, do you have faith? You say, well, Heather, I don't know if I have faith, or how do I get faith? Well, let's see what the Word says about that. Romans 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, I want you to look at this. It says to think soberly. That means clear-mindedly according to God's Word, not according to my own efforts, but according to God's Word. It says because He's dealt to every man the measure of faith. Do you know this phrase, every man, here? In the Greek, every man is the word pas, P-A-S. It's the exact same word used in John 3.16 that says whosoever. Okay, so for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, so who qualifies for the John 3, 16, whosoever? Everybody. It's the same word as every man got the measure of faith. So you can't tell me you don't have any faith. Jesus gave you faith. How'd you get born again? If you didn't have any faith, how'd you get born again? So let's think about that. How did you get born again? What happened? Somebody told you about Jesus. Right? Let's look at this scripture here at the bottom of the slide, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so I'm going to, I heard someone teach on this one time and it really meant a lot to me and I thought I'm going to use that today. I'm going to take that word comes and apply it again in the second half of the verse. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the Word of God. Now, what you think about that? Faith comes by hearing. What do we need to hear? We need to hear from God, right? So how do we hear from God? By going to His Word. Now, think about this. Who is the Word? Jesus. John tells us that Jesus is the Word made flesh. So I need to hear Jesus. I need to hear from God by going to the Word. That's how we got faith in the first place. Somebody told us about Jesus. We heard. OK? 
Okay, so we can't say we don't have faith because we do. Now, maybe our faith is not very mature, and we can develop our faith by hearing from God through His Word. So that would mean if we're not going to His Word, then it limits our ability to hear from God. Not that we can't, but that we're putting our, giving ourselves so little exposure to the Word. I love it. Dusty always says, give the Holy Spirit something to work with. Now, the Holy Spirit can do anything, and I've said this before. He has spoken to me in movies. I was watching a kid's cartoon one day in a theater and just burst out crying. Everybody else is cracked up laughing, and I'm just crying because God said something to me through that movie, and I used it later in a message. So the Holy Spirit can speak to us anytime and anywhere. He's not limited. But how much easier is it if we've been planting the seeds of God's Word and we know what those promises are for the Holy Spirit to draw those up out and remind us to, uh, remind those things to us? You know, the Word tells us that we don't need any person to teach us that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and that he will bring to our remembrance the things that we need to know. Do you know when you read God's word and when you hear messages about God's word that that's planting seeds that the Holy Spirit can later draw back to your memory so that you can have growth from that? But if we're never planting the seeds of God's word, then there's a, it's a lot harder to have things to work with. So let's go to the Word. We're going to look today at three different examples of people in the Bible who used their faith, and Jesus mentioned it. It was such a powerful thing He mentioned it. Okay, so first of all, we have Mark chapter 5. And by the way, all of my examples today are healing examples, and I think that's because I've been, we've been doing the healing school classes, and so my mind's kind of in that direction. But it applies to any promise. If it's a promise in God's Word, then you have the right to receive it by faith. All right, so Mark chapter 5. Verse 25 says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. All right, so let's go back to the top of this. This woman has been sick for a long time. She spent every dime she's had. She has done everything that man, every piece of wisdom man could give her, she had tried, and it, she didn't get any better. As a matter of fact, it says she was getting worse. Verse 27 says, Then she did what? Heard about Jesus. How does faith come? By hearing the Word. Jesus is the Word. We don't know what she heard or how long she heard it or how often she'd heard it, but she heard it enough that it created faith in her to say, if I can get to him, I will be made well. That's where her faith was going to engage. Okay, so she goes to him and she reaches out and touches him. Notice something. He asked, who touched me? Because her touch was different. Now, I'd left off for the sake of space in my slide. I left out verse 31, which is the one where the disciples say, Everybody's bumping into you, Jesus, and you're the one going, who touched me? Okay, so that tells us that everybody was touching Jesus, but this touch was different. This touch actually drew power out of him. He didn't turn around and go, oh, you're sick. Let me lay hands on you. Let me pray for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's scriptural to have hands laid on you for healing. 
But this woman literally believed so much. She was fully persuaded he was her answer. And her faith drew power out of Jesus and brought healing to her body. And he turns around and says, who touched me? And she tells him what had happened. And he says, well, your faith, not my faith, your faith has made you well. Amen. If we will go to the Word and let our, our, our soulical realm be saturated with the Word, then it gets into our hearts and our belief system, and we get fully persuaded about what God said about His promises. Okay, so He said, go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. Let's go to the next example. This is in Luke chapter 17. Verse 12 says, And then as He entered a certain village, there met Him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Okay, so back at the top here it says, He entered a village and there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. It seemed like these men were waiting on him. Now we don't have the phrasing here that they heard about Jesus, but if they're waiting on him, they'd heard about Jesus. How does faith come? By hearing the word. So they couldn't go near him because they were unclean. So from afar, they holler off, Jesus, have mercy on us. He didn't run over there and pray for them or do anything. He just looked at them. They said, have mercy on us. And he says, he saw them and he goes, go show yourself to the priest. Now, what would that do? Well, that's how you got pronounced clean. Okay, so he's like, well, if you believe I've got something for you, you can have it. Go show yourself to the priest that, that you're clean. Now, notice, it doesn't say that these men said, oh, Jesus, we're unclean. We can't go in to see the priest. He's holy. They won't let us in. They're going to kick us out if we try. Do you notice they didn't do that? What did they do? They just took him at his word. They literally just did what he said, and they acted on it. How many times do we try to, like, make some kind of negotiation or talk ourselves out of something? Or, but God, you know, let me just tell you the whole story, God, because I don't think you really understand, as if God doesn't know the whole story. Yeah, we put a fleece out, something like that. But instead, they just took him at his word. He said, well, go show yourself to the priest. Okay. And off they go. Now, notice what it says. As they went, they were cleansed. Do you notice that they took off on that journey and before they weren't healed before they took off? Do you realize that? The healing didn't come until they'd already been obedient to what he told them to do. Remember, faith comes by hearing God, and hearing God comes by the Word. They heard the Word. They heard Jesus. They heard His Word. Go show yourself to the priest. They acted on His Word even when their situation didn't look like anything had changed. Now, I'm going to tell you, that'll step on my toes. Because there are times when I'm believing God for something, and I don't see the situation changing. Maybe I've had a relationship issue with somebody and it just seems like every time there's just constant strife between us. Or there's a need financially and it just doesn't seem like it's being taken care of or there's a healing need, whatever it is. And it doesn't look like it to my five senses or to my soulical realm. But 
I'm going to humble myself and say, I'm not going by that. I'm going by his word and his promises. Okay, so then as they went, they were cleansed. And then one of them actually came back and gave thanks. And it says he was a Samaritan. Now, we know Samaritans and Jews weren't good pals. But this man said, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a Jew. I'm coming to give you thanks and praise. See, that's what happens when we realize what God's doing and what he's done for us. We praise him for that, and he gets glorified. And Jesus says, we're the other nine. And he said, none of them came back except for you. And he said, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, I want to add a little side note here. This is the New King James. The King James Version says, your faith has made you whole. So I looked those words up, and I've heard this before, so I wanted to go, and I looked these words up in their original text, and it looks like that this particular one actually received not just healing from leprosy, but total restoration for all the things that were wrong with him. You know, leprosy eats away at you. And so whether he had missing pieces or holes in his skin or whatever it was, the one who turned around and gave thanks, he got the little extra of, you know what, not only are you healed of leprosy, I'm just going to restore you completely. Because he acted on God's word and then he turned around and said, and I give you praise and thanks for that. Amen. Amen. And see, this is not a just for me situation. How awesome is it that it is for us? But what happens when something like that happens for us? Other people see. And then we get to go, this is for you too. So then they get to receive and they get to give God praise. And now the praise and the glory and the honor to the Lord gets multiplied because we simply obeyed him at his word. Amen. Let's look at our last example. This is also in the book of Luke a little bit before, Luke chapter 7. Verse 2 says, And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. Okay, so back at the top here, a certain centurion's servant. So this centurion, he's a Roman soldier. His servant, who is probably his right-hand man that he's very close to, this man is at the point of death. Verse 3 says, So when he heard about Jesus, once again, how does faith come? By hearing. This soldier had heard about Jesus, and he knew if I can get to Jesus, then this, my friend, can be made whole. Notice that he didn't go to Jesus. What'd he do? He sent Jewish people to Jesus. You ever felt unworthy to get something from God? There are people who don't feel worthy. God, I know I've done a lot of bad things, and if, if you can forgive me, and if it's your will, could you please heal me? Jesus bridged us to the Father. We are in relationship. We are in the family of God. We are His children and He's our Father. And a father would not hold anything from his children. He loves you and it is a lie of the enemy that you are unworthy or that you are not worthy to receive something from God. 
Don't ever let the enemy lie to you. This man felt unworthy. So he sent Jewish people to plead with Jesus. Okay, and Jesus, he was, I'll come. And he went with him. And then when he didn't even get to the man's house, and the centurion then sent some of his friends out there to talk to Jesus and said, Lord, don't trouble yourself. I didn't think myself worthy. And the second half of verse 7 says, but say the word and my servant will be healed. This man just believed Jesus at his word. That's what we need to do. We need to go to the word and hear from God and then just believe him at his word. Not what the situation or circumstance or what man spoke about it, but what God's word said about it. Okay, and then Jesus, verse 9 says, he heard these things and he marveled. He was amazed at this man's faith. And Jesus turned around and told all the people following him, I have not seen faith like this, not even in my own people. Do you know, sometimes our own people can't see what we need to be able to see. Okay, and I'm not telling you that you hide things from your family and friends, but if they can't see what you can see, then you need to surround yourself with people that can see what you're believing for. Okay, so you need people to help confirm your faith, to help put you back to the Word, keep pointing you back to Jesus, instead of people that are going to keep planting seeds of doubt in you. We won't talk about this much today, but doubt is literally the only thing that ever stopped Jesus in His tracks. It's because of people's unbelief. It's the only thing. It says that He could do very few mighty works because of their unbelief. So if you are believing for something and the people closest to you are really not at that same place, no condemnation to them, but you need to start putting in more and surrounding yourself with people that can believe the way you're believing. Okay, so he says, I've not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And so the people went back to the house and that servant was well. So we've seen three instances of people. One was an unclean woman. One was three unclean lepers, Samaritans. They don't get along with Jews. We see this man who's a Roman soldier. Doesn't matter who you are. Jesus has provided for you in his finished work on the cross. Amen. So how do I use my faith? How do I use it? Galatians chapter 5. Now this chapter is very much Paul telling the Galatians that it's faith is not about a work. It's not about what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you have been circumcised or uncircumcised or anything that you do. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you're trusting that. So Galatians 5, 6 is a continuation of that thought, and it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Okay, this word through is the preposition dia, which means because of or by. So faith works because of love or by love. So I used to think a long time ago that if I was believing God for something and then I didn't show love to somebody, that I was going to chop my faith off and it was never going to work. And I was making that something about what I was doing. But really, if you study this out, faith works because of God's love and my belief in His love. Okay, so when I'm secure and fully persuaded that He loves me, and now I have hope for that situation, my faith's going to work because I have planted the seed and I believe He loves me. And you know what? Then the other side of that is I am going to act in love anyway. So if I'm not acting in love with someone, does it hinder my faith? 
yes and no. Yes, because it shows that I'm not fully persuaded he loves me. So that could hinder my faith. But it's not because of something I'm doing. It's just I need to be fully persuaded that he loves me. Okay. Um, Let's look at this scripture in James. James chapter 2, verse 17. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith without works is dead. Okay, so what does that mean? What are works? Okay, so if faith comes by hearing from God through His Word, that means when I hear Him, He's probably going to tell me something. That means I need to act on what He told me. There's the work. And if I'm fully persuaded, I don't hesitate. I just go do because that's what He said. So think about our examples we read. The woman had faith that if she could get to Jesus, okay, God revealed to her, you need to get to Jesus, so she did. And there's a whole lot we could talk about there about the very fact of her approaching Jesus and touching him when she would be considered unclean. With the lepers, he told them to go, and they did. That's the faith with works. They did what he, they, they heard him to say. So let me give you some examples from like that might would happen for us. Let's say that, that maybe there's a financial need and you've been believing God and saying, God, I'm tired of living where I don't know that I'm going to be able to pay every bill this month and I'm tired of that and I'm just going to trust that you said you'd supply my need according to your riches. Okay, so I'm believing, I'm fully persuaded and then God opens an opportunity for me maybe to pick up an extra shift at work maybe to go take an extra class to get a certification to move me up a level in my job so that my continued income is higher. And I go, oh, well, I don't want to go take an extra certification class. I don't want to pick that extra shift up next week. I'm tired. I want to sit at home. You know what happened to my faith? He opened an opportunity for me, and I just chose not to take it. Now, I'm not telling you to be a workaholic and to sacrifice your family for work, but... Faith is not sitting around going, God is going to have money fall on my front porch. Or I'm going to open my mailbox and the check's going to be there. Now, maybe, but God, Dusty said this before, God's not a counterfeiter. He doesn't make money just up out of nowhere. Money is a man thing. Human beings created that concept. So I need to do whatever he told me to do. And when opportunities arise, I need to step out in them. Even if it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, I'm trusting that what he said is going to be true. Okay, so any other instance would be the same. Let's say that you've been believing God for restoration in a relationship with someone, that every time you're around that family member, y'all end up in an argument, that there is constant strife and conflict. The Bible says where there is strife, there is every evil work. And you're like, you know what? I don't need to be a part of that, so I'm going to put a stop to that. So then you know what? You've been believing God for restoration in that relationship and the Holy Spirit prompts you and you hear the Lord say, invite them over for dinner. You go, oh, mm-mm, not me. They're not coming to my house. Well, is that what the Lord spoke to you about? Well, then you know what? I'm going to humble myself and do it. Well, Heather, what if they get there and then they try to argue with me? You know, it's really hard to have an argument when one person won't argue back. And they're coming at you and you're just... I'm not going to argue with you. I love you. I wanted to have a meal with you. That's putting feet to your faith. I'm believing God for this. God told me to do this and I'm going to do it. And it might not always be easier what my logic says is the right idea or what my emotions like because maybe it's a little nerve-wracking. But 
Faith without works is dead. So whatever you hear from God is what you need to do. Amen? He may tell you to start doing something or to stop doing something, and it will be for a season, whatever. But if we don't do the work that he tells us to do, then it says that our faith gets harmed by that. Okay? Okay, so there is a correlation that we can see in God's Word between being in faith and using what comes out of your mouth, your confession. And we see it repeatedly in God's Word. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. We think of this as a salvation scripture, and of course it is. But let's look at it. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Okay, so the underlying portions that I have here, you believe where? In your heart. Your heart is your belief system. Okay, the second part that I've underlined says, with the heart one believes. And then the next underline, with the mouth confession is made. So you know what? When I really believe something, that is evidence to me by what's coming out of my mouth. If you want to know what you really believe at the heart level, I want you to think about what you're saying in a moment where you feel it's okay to say anything. Not using your church filter where you came into church and somebody goes, Hey, how are you? And you're like, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Hallelujah. And you just got your church language on. No, what does it sound like when it's just you talking to God? What does it sound like when it's just you and your best friend or you and your spouse or whoever it is that you feel safe to be the real you with? What's coming out of your mouth? Okay, so let's say that bill came in the mail and you opened it and you were like, Oh my goodness. Every time I think I get my head above water, it gets smacked back down. I never have any money. I grew up without money. I'm never going to have it. My kids are living the same life. I hate it. That's what you believe at the heart level, right? What about, let's say you get a diagnosis about something, and that letter comes in the mail that says, here's what the test results said, and you go, I have been sick every time. I just, I always get sick. I'm sick every day. That's what you believe at the heart level. So that's not something you need to feel like condemnation about, but that's an indication to you and to me when we start having stuff come out of our mouth. If it's contrary to what the promise of God says, then that tells me, oh, I need to go back to the Word and hear God about that. And do you know I can actually have really developed faith in one area and not in another? Does that make sense? Like I can really believe that God loves me and that he's going to supply my need, but I don't, I'm not fully persuaded about my health. And it's okay. That means in that area, I'm going to go and get more in the word for that. Amen. So if you want to know what you believe, what's coming out of your mouth. The second scripture here, Luke 6, verse 45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So remember, our heart's our belief system. And this underlined portion says, out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What is abundant in your heart? Is it God's word or is it the situation? Right? What's abundant in my heart? You know, the Bible tells us to renew our mind. That's for our sake. I have to make it new over and over again. i got to go back to the Word and see what God's promises are about my situation. 
Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Your tongue, your speech has power. I want you to think about how did God create the world? He spoke it into existence. If God himself speaks things into existence, why in the world would we be any different? Are we not made in his image? Okay, now, I spent some years of my life believing, or thinking, I should say, that if I said something, it was going to happen, not because I really believed that, but because I was parroting other people. Okay, and some of you that come out of certain backgrounds, this might, might ring true for you. There were people that I hung out with that I knew that I could now nickname them the confession police. They were forever harping on you about the things you said, and I actually became that person for a season of my life. And so if they were leaving, they're like, hey, take care, and they'd go, I'm not taking care. I don't take the cares of this world. I am carefree because of Jesus. Okay, I meant take good care of yourself, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever met people like that? Or you go, oh, scare me to death. Don't say that. You're not scared to death. That is, y'all, that's fear and superstition. That is superstition. Do you know what a true confession comes out of? Look at it for salvation. What does it come out of? I believe something at the heart level. It's what naturally comes out of me because it's what's been planted in my, the garden of my heart. And it is a natural response for me. So, don't change what you say and be like, if I say it enough times, it's going to happen. I've actually heard that. If you just keep saying it, it'll happen. Only if you're saying it because it's what you believe at the heart level. See, those two work hand in hand. I believe it in my belief system. I know and believe. And my speech is just the natural default of what I believe. Amen. So let's think back to our original scripture. I have faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. My foundation is that I know and believe I'm loved. That allows me to have hope and expectation in the things that God has said. And now I will naturally step over into faith as I know what his word says, I know what his promises are, and I'm just fully persuaded and it just becomes how I live my life. The Bible says we go from faith to faith. There is a season of life. I've had a season of life where I have gone and believed God for this, and then I went and believed God for this, and then I went and believed God for this, and praise God for it. But there is a season where you can come to a place where I just literally walk by faith every day. Every moment of my life is just, I'm just trusting God. And it doesn't matter what pops up. I don't have to go run find that scripture and run find this scripture. I may renew my mind and go back to it again. But it is so embedded in me. It is literally just how I walk out my life is a constant trusting in God. And it doesn't mean we'll be perfect. And do we need to go back to the Word over and over again? Yes. But you know what? If I have to go to the Word and I only go to the Word about healing in the midst of a sickness or I only go to the Word for provision in the midst of a crisis financially or I only go to the word about wisdom when I need some kind of wisdom it's a lot harder to build a house in the middle of the storm it's a lot easier to go and plant those seeds now so that literally they're just popping out of you and then something rears its head you're not phased by it you're just like I, I live by faith that's who I am the just shall live by faith 
Amen. All right, that's all I have this morning. Do you want me to close that or do you have something to say? I have something to say. Okay. That was awesome. You know, this is one of the things that, and you can stay up here. I, you know, one of the things that I, I want to point out is that, you know, when the Holy Spirit starts showing you and teaching you all things, that doesn't mean that you get to lay out of church or not read your Bible because the Holy Spirit's right. going to do it for you. Yeah. You know that we need people in our lives that can speak into our lives. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why you know Heather and I was talking about this. We were in healing school, and and it says that that the that people should call the elders of the church together to pray for them. Well, you know the elders of the church are supposed to be the ones that they believe. I'm gonna say that again. The elders of the church are the ones that believe. And so if you're needing something, you don't go find the guy that says, well, that never worked for me. I'll tell you about all my stories. Well, guess what? If you want to believe, if you want help, then you're going to go find the people who believe with you. You know, one of the things that I think is very important about this is that our faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We put that in multiple different ways. We put that in by coming to church, listening to people who are anointed to teach. We also go and read the word. But see, the Holy Spirit teaches us all things how to apply. I'm going to say that again. See, when I've heard the word and it starts to produce fruit in me, then I start to apply it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit of an example my, my son-in-law right here, he's a chef. He's been, he's been trained. He's got a college degree to be a chef. Has worked for some of the finest restaurants in Birmingham. Well, you know, if I have fruit, I can just eat fruit. But you know, I can go carry a couple baskets of fruit and some meat and a bunch of other stuff to him, and he turns it into a meal. You know what? The Holy Spirit is the same way. He's like a chef. He's taken all of your, he's taken all your fruit that's coming out of the word and he's putting it together and he's making it a meal for not only you, but for the people who are around you. Amen. Amen. See, we need to be in a place to where we understand that our faith that comes by hearing and that we go and do, that those are great. But that there's an outcome. We step towards the thing God told us to do. This is not gming it up. I used to believe faith was this. You know, I want a new Cadillac. Hallelujah. The Lord's going to give me a Cadillac. How many people's heard people be like that? Just go yeah. turn on some, you know, some yeah. of the pe- preachers out there. It's like, if you send me $50, I'll <laughs> pray and you're going to get a check in the mail by the end of the week. Yeah. You know that this is the thing. That's not called faith at all. That's called I'm fleecing God. Well, if I say in the name of Jesus at the end of my prayer, well, there was no scripture that went with that there was no thing that went with that 
See, that's what we're having to be led by the Holy Ghost. That's why we've got to be around people who will help build our faith, help build us up. We learn the word. The Holy Spirit shows us how to apply it. And then once we've applied it and we trust in it, then he's going to tell you to do something that's going to have a great outcome. There's going to be a meal that's going to be prepared that you're going to be like, wow, I never saw that coming. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're believing for something today and this spoke to you, I want you to put your hand up. I want to pay people that I can. Amen. Amen. There's hands coming up everywhere. I'm just going to tell you straight up right now that God is showing you what to believe for and how to do it and where to go. Don't just confess something that you think should be happening. You need to be saying, what does the word say about it? Holy Spirit, show me what to do next. Say right now, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Show me what to do next. Show me what to do next. I know it. This week you're gonna get you're gonna start getting some answers. By the Holy Spirit, He's saying, I'm I'm starting to give some answers because you're gonna start seeing it. When you start applying your faith, not on the side of the believing, but on the side of applying and walking, the Holy Spirit will show you what to do. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just thank you, dear Lord, that for each and every person that's listening to this message, I thank you, Father, that they are taking this seriously, that they are putting the word in, that they're standing upon the word, and that they are applying this word to their life. And the Holy Spirit, you are showing them what to do next. Opportunities are opening up, um, thought processes the people that they're supposed to go and reach out to, the, the jobs that they're supposed to take, the, the, the actual schooling and, and education that they need, the, the people that they have been long since forgotten in their lives that they want to have back. I just pray right now that there is connections and opportunities coming back right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray over each and every person that's here. I thank you, dear Lord, that you are blessing them, that they are blessed because of Jesus. And I just pray, dear Lord, that they go out into this world and they preach the gospel, that you lead people across their path, that they can go and tell the good news to, and that you're helping them to not only tell them about the good news, but the fruit that's coming out of them that they will be able to eat from from their table. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you need prayer for anything, Heather and I will be here. If not, y'all are dismissed. Y'all have a great week.